0: Hello and welcome to Girls Gone Canon Reads A Song of Ice and Fire, Episode 215. Arya Eight in a Storm of Swords. I am one of your hosts, Chloe.
1: And I am another one of your hosts, Eliana. And are you ready for Ashara Dane Hours?
0: Oh my god, real. So real. I'm very excited. To ration out a little more Ashara Dane for you this week. And maybe not even just Ashara. Maybe we're going to talk about the Dane's sedatives. Wow. Uh, Danes of our lives. I'm excited. Danes of our. Shit. Like. How, how sands. No one- sands in the Stone Dornish Hourglass.
1: Whoa. I don't know that one. I don't know uh, what you're referencing right now. That's which... the
0: line before you say, it, it's the intro to Days of Our Lives. And it's I've like, never watched like that. sand in the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. And it's like, wow. yeah, I grew Amazing. up on that. Sorry. I know Sorry. you did. You've,
1: you've told me about it before. So I was like, <laughs> well, I will appreciate it.
0: Nothing my is job. better than, like, being sick when I'm a kid and my mom, and it comes on at, like, 1 p.m. ET, so, like, oh my, my mom would, like, make me ramen, which now as an adult, I'm like, damn, you made me a lot of ramen, mom. Hmm. I know <laughs> I what that Robin. means. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do, but she made me a lot of, like, in the packet, with the packet ramen when I was a kid, and I see this yeah, now. Same. I'm like, and I, yeah. easy to feed me. Easy to yeah. feed me. Uh, yeah, it would just be, like, ramen in days of our lives. That was a sick day. I love that shit.
1: Yeah. I feel like Arya would like instant ramen too.
0: Oh, she'd probably eat it like raw, hard. Oh yeah, cooked. she. I
1: mean, you can do that. I you did. You can that. do that. Like a lot of people do that, especially nowadays. You'll take the packet yeah. and you make it into a little snack. You take the packet, you put it in, crush up all the little noodles, and it's like chips.
0: You can do it over a salad as a little crunch in like mm, a salad true, too. True.
1: true. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, I, I used to eat them raw in my room, hiding from my parents because I was a weird kid, <laughs> just like Arya Stark. So,
1: yeah so this is a food podcast speaking of food but the lack thereof let's talk about briefly like this month we are continuing our hunger games coverage
0: yeah if you're a patron in the stranger tier and above at patreon.com slash girls gone canon that is c a n o n Well, you're going to get this episode at the end of the month on The Hunger Games. This is our second episode of a three-episode series on the novel The Hunger Games, which probably will continue with the rest of the books in the series. Yeah, nine part, nine episode over the following year. We're really back in our Hunger Games era. It's 2024, not 2013, but it sure fucking feels like it. And this will be out for Stranger Tier Patrons end of month, and it's going to be on the games part two of the book it is of course broken into acts three acts suzanne collins is a playwright at heart so it will be broken into those acts it's very easy for us that way and uh hope you enjoy listening i'm yeah. enjoying doing these with you we are having a blast
1: we are having a blast also i think like they're releasing what a special illustrated version later this year of the hunger games so yes
0: I've seen a few of the artworks so far, and they're beautiful.
1: It's back. And also, of course, the prequel, the prequel book, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes.
0: Yes, she did what? it! I did it! It
1: was adapted I'm as so a movie recently. So if you want to know more about that, please check out our friend Ara's channel. She joined us for some of our Aria coverage at I Eat Zebra, spelled I E A T Z E B R A over on on YouTube. She's covering T as as uh, Chloe has called it.
0: When you were unavailable emotionally for me during my T Boss Ass phase, Ara was my emotional support. So huge shout out to Ara. You should be following her, listening to yes. her for sure.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. She's doing a lot of like really in depth coverage on that, and also like how it relates to the Hunger Games. So go check that out.
0: We'll link it. Yeah, and of course. For those patrons that are in the Thunder tier and above, they have access to our private Discord server, invite only, and if you are in that server, you will find a lot of things, whether it is channels to chat within with other fans that are like-minded like yourselves to talk about video games or different-minded uh tv shows movies etc bullshittery memes respectful thirsting very respectful bitch about your job there's a lot of stuff going on at discord but also one of the big events that happens every single month is brappy hour what's brappy hour you might be asking yourself at home brappy hour is the cute name that eliana has named our brunch slash happy hour And that brunch slash happy hour is happening, (laughs) is happening in February. We, you just missed the January one, but in February, on February 17th, two to four PM ET, I think we're going to play some reindeer games at this one. I I feel some Jackbox games coming on. I feel some good, very lighthearted fun to come. We hope to see you there. And that's not all the fun. That there is out here. I'm so excited for next week. Look, this is going to be a really fun episode. It's one of my favorite chapters for Arya. There's so much history. It's so rich with lore. I actually went on with our friends over at Brotherhood Without Manners a while back when they covered the chapter. And I had a really good time with them. So you have to check it out. They were around back when we did prologues, if you remember. But next week, we have another guest. And it is someone near and dear to my heart. It is the first person that can maybe stand anywhere near me with sandor, right? Because Eliana, you're not really a standor. No, you don't I'm not. love the man like we do, the man child. But my good friend lost wolfling, Mira, is coming over to play and Eliana said oh we gosh. could play. Eliana said we could.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so I'm, excited. I'm excited to have Mira on and while you know I will I will let you two play about the standor. <laughs> being standors, um i mira is just so funny i she's just really like mira she's so smart she's so funny i remember playing animal crossing with her during the <laughs> thick of the pandemic and i'm excited to hang out with her again
0: yeah we share sandor as a boyfriend you know it's uh it's a great relationship we have with each other and him She's so funny, and all jokes aside, like she's also incredibly intelligent. She has a great perspective on Sandor. Uh, I'm sure she's going to bring a lot of different talk about trauma and uh, about some of the personalities at play between Arya and Sandor and their relationship, and I couldn't be more excited to have her on. So take a look on social media, Twitch, etc. for Mira, Lost Wolfling, link that below, and look forward to having her next week for Arya 9. No, I'm 10, so shut the fuck up. That's a Vine reference.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's a Vine <laughs> reference. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Chloe, we we discussed that, what, last episode, and then Chloe sent me the Vine. She resurfaced it.
0: It's hysterical. It's good.
1: You have it's to, like, archaeologically dig for Vines nowadays, I think.
0: You have to go on YouTube to get Vines these days. Oh, so for some of you listening, if you don't remember what Vine was, it's what TikTok is, but better because it was smaller and more authentic.
1: It was, yeah, it was much like shorter form, which is, it's fascinating. It was like the
0: hit clips of humor, you know? It
1: really was hit clips, wasn't it? It was like hit clip sized. For sure. I don't know Which if we one. can also you like also describe something hit as hit clips, clips. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like we... maybe describing something as hit clips, but whatever. Like maybe that's not good. Maybe it's that like this is even a very older. millennial thing. Well,
1: we you we guys have remember, Google? Yeah, we described hit clips to Carm a few episodes ago as well <laughs> during that that Arya episode uh, at at um. These
0: are callbacks
1: with Lady Smallwood.
0: So yes. All right. It's time to jump into the lightning round, the Lord of Lightning round, if you will, if you won't. What we've missed between the last Arya chapter and this chapter, and we're gonna start with Bran three. Where at Queen's Crown, Bran skin changes Hodor. John
1: five. John flees from the Free Folk. Wow, that was hard to say.
0: Yeah, these are kind of little. Those two were kind of. B- this is b-
1: a b- tongue twister.
0: <clears throat> Sorry, Daenerys four. Daenerys strikes a deal to free Yunkai in the night. She learns more about her brother, Rhaegar.
1: And that brings us here to Arya 8. The Brotherhood Without Banners visits High Heart again. Arya escapes the Brotherhood, but ends up in the clutches of evil, terrible, bad, not at all handsome, definitely not Daenerys. Sandor Clegane. Did you? Did you? Write
0: you? this, right, this a is trick. for you.
1: This was a trick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a trap. That's my secret. I'm always writing them for you.
1: Yeah, she she always. like times it. She'll time who starts the lighting round. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like it's yes. like those memes of like if you start this show at this time, this character will say this thing at midnight for New Year's.
0: Hmm mm-hmm it's just like that for, is real, not, for real is it not like I mean, it, that i don't know it has similarities it's a like i don't I know if it's my anyways
1: broken all right let's go
0: <sighs> we return to high heart with the brotherhood and Arya making camp by sunset and a great fire atop the hill Arya walks around the circle of weirwood stumps with ned dane whoa some symbolism a stark some weirwood stumps a dane Ooh,
1: true, true, true. feels
0: real feels really legendary Watching the light fade in the west, a storm gathers to the north, but High Heart stands above the rain. Arya still feels the wind, though, grabbing her like someone yanking on her. Ghosts, she remembered. High Heart is haunted.
1: Wow. So I guess... I never realized High Heart was that high. It's like a fucking mountain. We discussed this before, but just pointing out great opening for a chapter about the ghosts, because like Arya's father and the ghosts that haunted him, now they're haunting Arya, the past. And also, <laughs> of course, as we've discussed before, the ghost of High Heart is haunted herself by Jenny, whom she loved.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to talk a little bit more about that today. It's very sad. Oh my god, so sad. Played Esposito. <laughs> Also, the way this is kind of described reminds me of the Eerie. It reminds me of when Ooh. Liza is yanking on Sansa at the gate, the door, the moon door, right? Even just like the language, it's interesting. It's like, you know, it's not too far off from when it's this is happening to Sansa. Yeah, yeah, Sansa that's 7. True.
1: That's true. And that moment that people think the prophecy in this chapter describes, but it's not that step two, the threefold reveal, obviously, which... <laughs> I guess we we might have discussed that during our Prophecies Patreon episode that I don't remember doing.
0: Yeah, I think we did a little bit. I think we did. Yeah. Uh, And and if not, I know that we did talk a little bit more about this prophecy when we got to some of the Sansa chapters, which, for those of you listening and waiting for kind of a reveal, we are doing Sansa next.
1: Yes. Sansa is the next POV. We just thought it made a lot of sense to go from Arya to Sansa. (laughs)
0: It does actually,
1: though, make sense.
0: Right. When Arya turns around, no one's there. So she feels like it's very, very creepy. And then Thoros gazes deep, deep into the flames. And Arya is like, Ned Dane, what is this man doing? And Ned's like, Oh, he sees things in the flames, you know, like a past, a p- future, a present, things in the distance, things nearby. He sees stuff.
1: That's not impressive. My phone does that.
0: Okay, walks on leaves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, walks on leaves. (laughs) Whatever. These are so unimpressive.
0: (laughs) Um, Arya doesn't see anything in those flames, though, at all. Like she looks, she's like, "What the fuck could he be seeing?"
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he can't see anything right now, right? And the Ghost of High Heart is going to tell us soon why. But Gendry. Asked Thoros if he can see the future, and he responds that not now, but some days, Lord of Light grants him visions. Gendry says that my old master, Tobo Mott, said you were drunk drunken sod and a fraud, especially for setting his swords on fire. And Thoros laughs at that, remembering that Tobo charged him twice as much. And he even said he was kind of a fraud, and I don't know, I just, I'm really appreciating Thoros's vibe this read through. Like, I really love that humility and good humor for him being like, true but unkind that is the quote true but unkind <laughs> and i i like that gendry also volunteers that hey by the way we've crossed paths before
0: yeah gendry d- gendry's opening up he's trusting the brotherhood a little bit now which is it's nice. true
1: i guess he's part of them he's like i'm gonna join y'all yeah so
0: yeah Thoros was born youngest of eight, and his father gave him over to the Red Temple. But that's not really the path he would have chosen. He loved girls, booze, food. Oh my god, he's just Rock and Roll. (sighs) But he had a gift for tongues. Yes, like that. No, I'm just kidding. And (laughs) once in a while he would see things in the flames. He ended up proving more bother than good, though, so the Red Priest sent him to King's Landing to convert Ares. But Ares was more in love with his pyromancers, as we know. King Robert, however, grew very fond of Thoros. They loved drinking, fucking, fighting, you know, all that shit. The first time he rode into a melee, Kevin Lannister's horse bucked Kevin off in fear of Thoros's flames, and Robert laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed, and then they were best friends. Yeah. Which is kind of special. It's a special bond. You know, getting drunk and laughing at Lannisters seems right.
1: Actually, though, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> we do it. We... Talked a little bit about Thoros's background in our Patreon episode a long, long time ago. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Uh, what but a good, What a good title. We are not serious people. I don't know if any of you knew this, but not serious people. <laughs> don't forget about It's a Mia Dario that from Tyrosh. Inspired, just fucking wired. We know a lot more about what Mir produces than it's people that it produces right like Mm. we know about mirish lace we know about mirish glass or lenses these are exports that the higher members of westerosi society get a chance to enjoy but we don't know tons this is like a very big flash into you know having a huge family having to give this child up and send him somewhere because he's a troublemaker i just find it fascinating that we're getting a little bit of that background you actually talked a lot in this episode about how you think that George is kind of withholding Mir stuff because they're going to come back into the fold, whether it's the three daughters at war again or what. And I do think Thoros's background starts to give us a little color to Mir.
1: Yeah. And I do still hold to that view. I do think we're going to get more stuff about Mir as Danny's storyline starts, you know, making its way back towards Westeros and whatnot. I also kind of think we might get even a little bit about Mir this summer on our televisions as house of the dragon returns for the historians in season two
0: it's coming
1: it is so yeah like he's he's sent away as the eighth child right like because they're like what are we gonna do with eight kids i don't know we don't know what his family's like economic standing was but we kind of see that happen with Aryo hota so you know also being given away as one of the younger siblings
0: yeah, I was really struck by the parallel to Arya Hota and to the Norvos stuff as well.
1: Mm-mm.
0: I also think that there's something kind of obvious about like the trajectory of Thoros that he really didn't believe until Beric, and not just in his religion that he's serving, but also in court and knighthood and everything. Mm. Right, like he made a joke of the jousts. He thought it was, and it is kind of funny, but like melee's jousts, like that was just a joke to him. He was just getting drunk with the king and hanging out in the capital. But once he worked with Barak and once he saw what could happen with Beric, he really started to believe.
1: That's pretty interesting. Yeah, especially because this isn't like the whole knighthood thing. That's like not even his culture, you know, like mm-hmm. he was sold twice. If you think about it, like sold once by his family into religious slavery and then sent on a, like, mission that he didn't want to be on. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he's basically, like, really unwanted, you know? There's some ways that, like, his storyline actually fits really well into Arya's. Arya is very wanted by her family. Her mom basically threw a whole war. It was not her fault. I'm not saying it's Catelyn's fault. I'm joking. But she was willing to risk it all for the hope of Arya. But, you know, someone who's forced into a role... He doesn't want to be in, like, and also likes to lead raids on the kitchen. He's got, like, kind of, I think, a mischievous mischievous spirit, like Arya. And he's also, like, gifted, clearly, but not, he's unable to fit, like, the dogma of what he's supposed to, same as how Arya fears, like, what her family would do if she doesn't fit into being what a lady is supposed to be. And then he fails at that job, and then he fails at this next one, too, of, like, being like, go convert the new king of Westeros, and as you said, he he really just kind of wanted to enjoy life, and I think it. There's something almost, even though Robert sucks, like kind of beautiful of like, Robert was the only one who let Thoros actually be a p- person and who found joy and like who Thoros was and not who Thoros was supposed to be, and. I think what you were saying, if he doesn't believe until, like, Beric, maybe he doesn't even believe in, whoa, himself until Mm -hmm. he, like, is like, whoa, I brought this guy back from the dead. What?
0: What? It, It puts, what you just said puts a whole new spin, too, on last chapter when Arya's like, what if my family doesn't fucking want me anymore, dude? Like, Thoros would know.
1: Yeah, Thoros is like, then they would have fucking sold you already. They would have already betrothed her or something, you know? They
0: would have handed your ass over to some religious sect. Like, don't get it twisted. They would have sold you off. Ned loved them so much that he never let them leave, ever.
1: That's actually, like, really sad then, like, being like, wow, Arya, how can you say they don't want, you know, like, Thoros knows what it's like to not be wanted.
0: What if she doesn't want me and just Tumblr-style gift set, like, just seeing everything Catelyn did, trying to get her daughters back. (sighs) Ugh! Yeah. Mm. Fuck, dude. This is... Okay, we gotta survive the whole episode, man. We can't go getting sad like this. Like We got pages to go, guys. Yeah. Snap it together. Pages
1: to go before we everyone,
0: sleep. Everyone, before we sleep. Uh, <laughs> listen, Miss Frost. Everyone, <laughs> take a deep breath. Knowing. Deep breath. We're back to the game here of Thrones. Thoros agrees. He actually says, you know... Your master was right. Tobo Mount was right. A blade deserves more respect. And then Beric shows up behind him and is all cryptic. And it's like, fire consumes. It consumes. And when it's done there, it's nothing left. Nothing. And Thoros is like, bestie, why so cryptic? Right? And Beric is like, Thoros, bro, I've died so many times. And I keep coming back too many times. Six times is too many, bro. Six times
1: does seem like a lot. He's like, oh my god, let me rest. Let me rest. <laughs> I love that he also says the fire consumes, though, right? Just be, we brought it up last time in Master Aemon. He said the, thing. He said, said the, the thing. thing. he said the thing. He uh, said the thing. Just like first season of the House of the Dragon. Sorry, clearly I'm looking forward to that, I
0: guess. Um, kind of miss he, it. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's kind of fun.
1: Well, he said the thing and he was like, oh my god, he said a feast for crows. The fourth book <laughs> that they never adapted. They literally didn't. Um
0: Yeah. Oh my god, that was so wild. Remember all those moments? Wow.
1: In a feast for crows. Well, we're gonna remember them again.
0: I meant or all of the mean- book references in Hot D and how we got to look at each other and be like, yo, did you hear that at the same time? The nuts. Book.
1: Yeah. Uh, rip. Rip. Yeah, so so beric says the thing, and <laughs> you know, like It makes me think of also that that line from Jojen. You're going to bring up other Jojen lines later of like fire and ice being the same, you know, if ice can burn. Because, I don't know, I've been thinking about this idea of fire consumes and ice preserves, but turns out ice preserving isn't like always the best either. I think it's not Mm -hmm. like, you know, one is good, one is bad. They're the same. Because like fire consumes everything until there's nothing is what Beric is saying. But we, I think, are going to see when it comes to the others this other the- well this theme come forward of the preservation but it being like hate right hate and vengeance mm-hmm. being the thing that's kind of like keeping you going preserving you and we can kind of see that in Arya's storyline but also that hate can also and the desire for vengeance can be a burning desire as well we see that in Sandor right and so consumption and preservation being two sides of the same coin and now I'm going to be like, you know, Beric's like six times is too many. And I'm thinking now, like, why does Thoros keep bringing Beric back? Because clearly this man does not want to come back. And I'm like, does Thoros mm-hmm. bring Beric back because he believes that he should due to his faith? Like his God is like, clearly I want this man alive. Or is it because it is the one special magical thing that Thoros feels he has actually done? Or is it because like, Barric is Thoros's only friend now, and what else do you do but keep the one person that you love here in this world with you, as Daenerys tried to do?
0: Hmm.
1: Questions I oh, have.
0: What the fuck, Eliana? <laughs>
1: Why is Thoros Jesus. doing this?
0: Why are you attacking us? Me and the listeners are being attacked by Eliana.
1: We no, are, that's a- yeah.
0: That's a depressing and beautiful way to put it, especially bringing Kaldrogo into it. There's something like, yeah, there's something about, A, the way you said that makes me know that you would bring me back to life even if I begged you not to. B, that...
1: (laughs) You'd be like, Eliana, why the fuck am I here?
0: (laughs) I definitely think they understand that bigger purpose, right? Especially as we go through this chapter, you can see, like, it's bigger than them. They're able to put aside their more human emotions to conquer that. And I like, too, that fire and ice are the same in a way, right? Like... It's true because when you think about ice, like ice holding food, yes, it can preserve food, but the food starts to degrade bit by bit, Mm -hmm. right? The taste of it, the flavor of it starts to go until nothing's left. Like I think about freezer burnt food, like if you have like a hamburger patty in your freezer is really specifically what I'm thinking about right now for some reason. And like you can still eat it if it's freezer burnt, it's fine. It's just not going to taste as good and bit by bit it gets worse and worse the more you leave it there forever, and I'm like, Beric's probably falling apart. Oh, he literally is. So, like, fire and ice, obviously. Fire-consuming, sure. Ice doesn't just preserve and, like, save everything, though. You know, it still, still deteriorates, too.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: The wind howls like a wolf all night, and real wolves to the west add their voice to the sound. Everyone's fast asleep except Arya? Who spots a shape creeping among the horses? It is the ghost of Highheart, no more than three feet tall, her eyes red like John's Wolf Ghost. Thoros and Lemon Beric sit at the fire, and she sits down uninvited with them. She calls them the Ember, the Lemon, and His Grace, the Lord of Corpses. Beric really doesn't like that one. And she asks them to give her wine, or she will leave. So real. So give real. Give me wine, or I'll leave.
1: Yeah, I I also like that she gave them all little uh, screen names, little handles.
0: The lemon. I love <laughs> his, the lemon.
1: His grace, the lord of corpses.
0: <laughs> Beric offers her a silver stag for her dreams, still more than he gave Sandor, and she says she can't ride nor eat a silver stag. Give her a skin of wine and a sloppy kiss from the oaf in the yellow cloak.
1: File an HR complaint against the ghost of High Heart.
0: I bet she's a good kisser
1: probably she's got a lot of years of experience
0: lem refuses so she demands instead for payment a song from tom of seven strings she pounds some wine and starts to give them prophetic musings this is so (laughs) mean this is Uh, cute i i'm thinking of
1: you holding court while like drinking your bottle of wine (laughs)
0: like me at fucking conventions just like
1: yeah yeah at any
0: event i found a picture the other day where it's like me in the corner of the picture not even in focus it's focused on other people but you just see me and my head is completely back and there's a bottle of wine protruding from my head straight from my mouth and i'm like that's so real yeah it's so me
1: so the king is dead and they're like wait which one and they're like she's like the wet one the Kraken King. Which one? The wet ones. <laughs> the the wipes. Um, the wet one. The Kraken King, dead, and he died. And the iron squids now turn on one another. Mm-hmm. Calamari, Hoster Tully's died too, and goes in the hall of kings. The goat sits alone and fevered as the great dog descends on him. And Arya is uncertain. She's like, does that mean Sandor or Gregor?
0: I think we know though, right? Like all of us have knowledge. Know. She doesn't know. <laughs> It's Gregor, it's Vargo, the goat, and of course, uh, we know the squid's fighting, what's going on there. Kraken King, dead, thanks to his brother.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we, like, knew it yet, like, first read-through at this time of the book, so that's...
0: No, but right now we know. Yeah, yeah,
1: we know, because this is a reread. If you're not rereading and you're here, you're so brave.
0: Brave, so brave.
1: <sighs> I thought it was interesting that they called Harrenhal the, the Hall of Kings.
0: High in the Hall? Yeah, the of kings. the kings who are gone,
1: who so. Are gone, yeah. So, I don't know, it's just interesting that it's Hall mm-hmm. is called that still.
0: Right. Especially after Aegon, you know, well, gave like, it the old one-two.
1: Yeah, I don't know, everything about it, it's like, you know, you think about, like, the Great Council, but also the tourney, mm-hmm. and, like, what's gonna happen? Anyways, that's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we have, okay. of course, the prophecy, that, uh. I I mean, this is famous. You all know this song. I made Chloe do this.
0: She's just better at it. I dreamt a wolf howling in the rain, but no one heard its grief. I dreamt such a clangor that I thought my head might burst drums and horns and pipes and screams, but the saddest sound was the little bells. I dreamt of a maid at a feast with purple serpents in her hair, venom dripping from their fangs. And later, I dreamt that maid again, slaying a savage giant in a castle built of snow. Snow, Ned, snow.
1: Snow. Ooh, interesting.
0: Obviously, gray wind howling in the rain. Shit sucks. No one hears his grief. That motherfucker, unfortunately, is like the saddest death in the whole series. That shit gets me sad when Grey Wind dies. That's like. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, actually is. Well, you mean when Rob dies a second time? Yep. Yep. <sighs> Thanks for talking about it now. Um clanger, headburst, drums, pipes, the sound of the drumming, the red wedding. Yep. And of course, listen, if you don't think that the last part represents Sansa. You've just got to turn off the podcast and walk away. I just don't think there's a way we can all be friends. Um, I'm open to many diverse ideas and opinions from many people, but not this one. This is Sansa, you know, slaying Littlefinger. Now, the only thing that I used to think was interesting was was that, of course, it's a castle built of snow, so it's Winterfell. I mean, there's no... Her rebuilding Winterfell confirms this theory that she will take down Littlefinger later, but... Then they named that fucking waypoint castle in the eerie snow, and it brought all these like, what if it was that castle? And she held the trial there and murdered his ass. But no, I doubt it. It's I mean, be I guess,
1: yeah, I guess it could be. It's probably Winterfell. But regardless, it's yeah. about Sansa defeating little. that's some some Yeah, that's the most important. Capacity. Like, don't, yeah.
0: Yeah. don't argue and semantics with me.
1: Right. Like, the again, as we said earlier, later on, the part with, like, Sweet Robin's thing, that is more foreshadowing for that.
0: Goddamn that is right. not you the fulfillment.
1: Them. That is not the fulfillment. That's all. So uh, the Ghost of High heart beckons Arya closer now through the gloom and tells her she cannot hide from her. And uh, fear cuts deeper than swords. Arya reminds herself as she draws closer. And then she goes, "Chloe, please."
0: I see you, wolf child, blood child. I thought it was the Lord who smelled of death.
1: She began to sob, her little body shaking.
0: "'You are cruel to come to my hill. Cruel! I gorged on grief at Summerhall. I need none of yours. Be gone from here, dark
1: heart. Be gone!' I imagine now you greeting me if I visit you with, "'You are cruel to come to my hill. Be gone!' (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so awkward though like it's so awkward this moment for aria i feel like i mean i know she's afraid i i forgot to tell everyone i followed up on girls rock anthems we can go over them at the end of this episode or at the end of the chapter i uh i did the task and also here I guess when she's like saying, you know, about the grief and not needing any of Arya's, I guess it's both Arya's grief because, you know, a lot of people have died in her life, as well as the grief she's going to cause because she's all like, I'm eight and I've killed people.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting warning. We really don't know, like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what it means. I'd be interested to see what it actually is going to bring. It's a better warning than blue eyes, brown (laughs) eyes. (laughs) I feel <laughs> shot forever. Yeah, or whatever not. it is. Uh
1: and then them being like retroactively I mean George also <laughs> retroactively changes things too, to be fair, but
0: Yeah. It was okay. I didn't really care. I actually kinda like her stabbing the Night King. Yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, it's
1: I don't mind stupid. It. I don't know. No,
0: I mean the actual setup is. But I mean, like, I don't mind it being her had they done it better, but I don't yeah, that's fe- true. I feel that way about a lot of stuff, to be that's fair. But I just think like her conquering death is a great idea. And then it really ropes in great to her later plot. Why are we talking about this? Um. Anyways, I like her later plot, too, in King's Landing. I like Arya's plot. Arya's plot in Season 8 is actually the, probably one of the top things about Season 8, but it gets ignored because the whole show is stupid.
1: <laughs> it was going downhill earlier. Season 2. All the cracks in season, season 2. I <laughs> like the cracks Season one, season two. You're right. It's probably also Season 1, but Season 1's at least, like... Anyways, anyways, so back to this book, book three.
0: <laughs> Arya steps backwards, and Thoros is like, "Whoa, don't scare the little kid." Ghost of High Heart, she's right, <laughs> and Barric is like, "We're taking her to her mommy at River Run." But the Ghost of High Heart is like, "The hell you are! The Blackfish holds those rivers. The mother is at a wedding at the Twins." The ghost of High Heart tells Thoros to look to his fires, and he will see, but not here, not now, as this place still belongs to the old gods. They linger here, as I do, shrunken and feeble, but not yet dead, nor do they love the flames, for the oak Recalls the acorn. The acorn dreams the oak. The stump lives within them both. And they remember when the first men came with fire in their fists. Ooh, Ooh I love that line. Ooh. This is a From yeah. Software intro. <laughs> you know, there's something interesting about this line. It is not new language to us, right? As if you go back to Brand 4. A Clash of Kings, you have the line from Jojen, where he says, With two eyes, you can see my face. With three, you can see my heart. With two, you can see that oak tree there. With three, you can see the acorn the oak grew from and the stump that it will one day become. With two, you see no farther than your walls. With three, you would gaze south to the summer sea and north beyond the wall. Um, so three eyes, we're talking about having your eyes open here. And the Ghost of High Heart has said that too. And then later, when we're in A Dovera, A Dance of Dragons, brand three, we hear from Blood Raven. We are trapped in its flow, hurtling from past to present, always in the same direction. The lives of trees are different. They root and grow and die in one place, and that river does not move them. The oak is the acorn, the acorn is the oak, and the weirwood... A thousand human years are a moment to a weirwood, and through such gates you and I may gaze into the past. So the ghost of High Heart is setting us up here, telling us that here, their fire gods have no dominion. This is a place of the old gods, old blood old sacrifice and old trees that have lived here forever and even remember when the first men came and i found that language really striking too right that the trees yeah. remember it makes me think of like house royce with their words we remember oh. uh, and their runes their ancient first men runes and also kind of makes me think of how how stark's words are a warning right winter is oh. coming a reminder uh, So something about it very uh Very rich in spirit happening here.
1: Well, that's a very ice preserves as well. You know, like the we Mm. remember, we preserve this memory. And that can be a good thing, but it can be a bad thing when you let it, like, rule your life again, like, in terms of vengeance or whatever. But it can be a good thing as well. So that's cool. That's cool that the trees are about that. And as you said, the, the remembering of the fire, I'm like, whoa intense but i actually had like another thought of like this idea of them saying you know all of these things are one the past the present and the future like who you are who will you who you'll become but the moments that make you who you are being part of you and i'm gonna tie it to sandor um it makes me think of like how in that moment after he was burned right he's not just like this scary man he was also still that little boy still that scared little boy and also, at the same time, he dreams the person he'll become—a not broken man, the capacity to heal. So that's it.
0: Yeah, that's great. We and carry like that with the, us. Not even that, but also like the propensity of what it can become, and what a person can become, and what a tree can become over its life.
1: Yeah, we're all the things that make us up, and you know, in a way, all the things that will become. So yeah, because the ghost of Heart finishes her wine and demands <laughs> <it's> her payment. <laughs> Damn, she's out of here. She's like, I'm gonna drink and run, and (laughs) I love that for her. Tom sings, and the ghost of High Heart rocks back and forth, crying, murmuring the words.
0: This is so like me at the Mitski concert I'm going to. Oh my god, I'm excited
1: for you. I'm excited. Thank you. I'm really
0: excited. I didn't want to name drop my friend Mitski, but yeah, I'm going (laughs) to see her.
1: Mitski. I'm rewatching The Good
0: Place, so I'm very Tahani right now. (laughs) Okay. Just name-dropping. My good friend, Mitski. Yes, Tom is going off on Jenny's song. You know, Tom, Florence did a great job, so I'm going to just let you take a break and let Florence and the machine. The machine's there, too. Oh, yes,
1: the machine. Yeah, yeah. That song bangs. One of also the other good things that came out of that season.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really fucking good. As you kind of inferred, at the front of the chapter this chapter is about the history right history wow. and the past and we're wrapping it back up with that quote we just came from with the acorn and the tree and the oak all being one uh, and this chapter is about history and the past and all becoming one right if we go back in history we have jenny of old stones and her prince of dragonflies who was not supposed to fucking marry her whatsoever and he set aside his duty to the crown and chose to be with this lowborn girl, Jenny of Old Stones. Whoa. And of course, Jenny and her prince perish right at Summerhall. Uh, a very mysterious event steeped in so much... Who knows what happened? I do. They were trying to bring back dragons, motherfuckers. I mean, I they feel like it's tell us almost that, canon at this point. Yeah. yeah, It used to be some mystery, but I'm like... Mm. Yeah, they left their woodswitch behind, right, when they left this world at Summerhall. Now we have the ghost of Highheart, a shadow, an echo of Jenny's story, and Duncan, the Prince of Dragonflies. And of course, we're about to get to the next historic event, right? Ashara Dayne jumping off a tower for love, some say, or maybe something else. And then we're, of course, reminded of Lyanna in the Riverlands, probably with Rhaegar riding horseback with him on the run. And it's all punctuated by Arya being kidnapped herself in the Riverlands by a ruined, exiled Kingsguard swordsman, not a knight. Uh, it's yeah, perfectly knight. just all folded together. We've got a Dane, we've got a Stark, we've got a Baratheon, we've got the mm. Riverlands, we've got all sorts of stuff going on here.
1: You really do. And I'm realizing now Lagosa Highheart probably hates fire as well because, I mean, that took her Jenny.
0: Hmm. That's great to wrap that up with all of the wildfire being mentioned from the Pyromancers with Ares this chapter, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: That's a good little hint. I didn't think about that, but that is a hint at what happened at Summerhall.
1: Yeah. Don't play with fire.
0: Especially not wildfire, because you will get burnt and you will die.
1: Yeah, actually, I think probably. That's what it sounds like.
0: (laughs) Or don't have sex with the Targaryen prince, because you will get pregnant and die.
1: Also true. Probably. These could
0: be all true things.
1: <laughs> so Arya asks Soros what she meant about her mother and he is introspective saying wherever she is Lord Beric will find her
0: well
1: well well
0: well, well. well. <laughs> the sky opens up and a storm erupts the ghost of Highheart disappears it rains all night and Ned Lem and Waddy the Miller awaken with chills they're sick they're feverish They set out to find an abandoned village half a day's ride to the north where they can shelter from the worst of the rain.
1: Guys, you get it. It's raining a lot because the rain's a castamere and it's a storm of swords.
0: Wow. Who are you? Wow. Who are you? Luminary. Uh.
1: (laughs) That Dane complains about the rain hitting his helm and giving him headaches. But it's like, but if I take my helm off then my hair gets all wet life's hard dude Gentry doesn't give a shit about the rain or ned's headaches and frankly finds this 12 year old highborn kid a nuisance Mario likes him enough though and thinks i don't know he's good natured she's also surprised that ned has blonde hair and blue eyes considering what she thinks she knows about dornish men she's like uh i thought that they were all small swarthy and black haired and black eyed she even says that his eyes are so dark they're almost purple Ned tells her, though, his history. When Illyria and Beric got engaged and Ned was given as a page. And then he was raised to become a squire at age 10. And Arya's like, oh, so have you killed someone? Which is, you know, she's like, this is a normal question to open up with. And Ned, though, is pretty startled. He's like, um, I'm 12. Arya in her head goes okay but i'm eight she doesn't say this though and i think Arya suddenly realizing internally she's like wait is that not a flex to have killed someone at a young
0: age these westerosi girls having to grow up real fast real young yeah i love that line about how his eyes were so dark they're almost purple in this light because they are and i actually really love that we get a little dornish expansion here and just a little world building that, like, oh, Doran is actually, like, a pretty diverse place. There's a lot going on down there that Arya has no clue about because she was raised and shot within the walls of Winterfell.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, the completely opposite side of a huge country, con- I yeah. guess. Yeah.
0: Well, and now she's going to go somewhere else very interesting and yeah. diverse. I mean, she's going to go to oh, Brazos and learn tons. I think that's a big point of her, like, becoming a little less sheltered.
1: It's, like... a super diverse there too like there's a so many different people trading
0: so many different people to meet and learn secrets about
1: oh true true true
0: well ned has been in battles though he's not proud of that like the mummers ford where he dragged barrick's broken body into the bank and guarded that body until the Hmm. battle was over what a good boy very podrick boy.
1: you know
0: he and podrick are in the good boy club good job guys
1: i mean gendry is too he's just moody right now
0: yeah, he's a good man. Oh, He's yeah. old now, you know. He's graduated. <laughs> Arya feels a little lost thinking about the men she's killed, and she realizes the connection between Ned Dane's name and her own father's name, and she's like, oh, like my dad, Ned. And Ned <sighs> says... Yeah, I saw him at the hands tourney and thought about saying hi to Lord Eddard, but didn't know how. I was named for him. Then he starts talking about Sansa being at the tourney and getting a rose from Loras. And Arya's like, yeah, Sansa's BFF was in love with Beric. Now, obviously, not. (laughs) Ned looks a little uncomfortable about this. And he was like, oh, it was before, before, you know. And then he's like, don't you have that bastard brother, Jon Snow? He was my milk brother. Wyla, the wet nurse in Starfall, nursed him and also Jon Snow once when he was very young because she's Jon Snow's mother, Ned says. (gasps) A new twist. What? Her? 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 (laughs) Ned was really out here gambling in terms of Jon's looks. He's like, hopefully he looks like one of these girls that there's a rumor about, you know? Yeah. Wyla, Ashara, someone. Holy shit.
1: Ned was out here pulling, like, Tyrion Lannister levels of, like, I will spread misinformation.
0: He's like, intrigue, intrigue, intrigue. He's like
1: us, for real.
0: Misinformation. (laughs) Kind of a dead, literally, giveaway here, right? Edric's mom didn't have milk, so Wyla was his wet nurse. Lyanna was dead and couldn't fucking nurse Jon. Ned and Howland didn't know what the fuck to do with this baby, and they had to go to fucking Starfall anyways to return the sword of the dead fucking knight that they, you know, murdered. And then Wyla, or someone, would have had to travel north with them because Ned and Howland cannot take care of a baby on their own. How are those two— I want to see a movie of this bullshit of them on the road mm. with a baby on the way back to the north, like, just road tripping it with the baby— Wyla or someone had to have gone north with them. I think about this, like, all the time. This passage gives so much of it away that something's weird there. How did that John spend enough time with the wet nurse from Starfall?
1: It is, it's just weird, because also... But dang, that's kind of funny. You know, as you said, the movie, like... I mean, they just literally cannot take care of the baby on their
0: own. No, they don't have... They're not set up with supplies they don't to have do formula. so. formula. They don't, like, even i mean like look they had ned had siblings but like they don't have the stuff to take care of babies the wherewithal also they're traumatized they are traumatized from war
1: and his sister dying
0: oh yeah that too see
1: oh and his dad and his brother died too i forgot though yeah that that too that was bad too yeah, Fuck. and he just got Fuck. into a fight with his other best friend.
0: Things are bad for Ned right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: things are bad for Ned. Helen's got a hard. And dog does this let to. up?
0: Yeah, right. Um, actually, Ned Helen's bringing dog his, dog his new wife to, home. But,
1: like different, and it's different. He's like, I don't know her.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Quite obviously, there were probably four people that went back. Just saying.
1: Yeah.
0: Total, so. but. And like, how did they dig all those cairns? I just am like
1: grief. Grief can really yeah. feel some strength for things like that, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I need Adderall for that.
1: Or maybe the land's, like, not very... I don't know. I've tried to dr- dig a grave for a chihuahua, and let me tell you, it was hard.
0: I'm, like, in the sand... Oh, yeah, fuck. In the sand at, at like, Prince's maybe Pass, I'm, like... it's easier
1: in the sand, actually, than, like, the hard, like, dirt ground. I don't know.
0: Do you think they buried them, and then, like, literally they left, and, like, the wind blew, and just, like, there they are.
1: Hopefully not. I mean, you got to dig deep enough so that, I mean, I'm sure that they, actually, now that I think about it, by this point in the war, they're probably very used to digging many graves.
0: Shit. So. Big sad. Arya makes Ned Dane promise that he's telling her the truth, or she'll punch him in the face, and he swears it on the honor of his house. Because, drumroll, he reveals he's Edric Dane, the boy lord of Starfall. Gendry, of course, is in the background, rolling his eyes. He's like, fucking lords and ladies, and Arya turns and throws a crab apple at him. Good for her. Which he remarks, that's not very ladylike.
1: It's not. I, I like that Ned's he's kind of bashful about it. He's like, uh oh my god, that's anyone, so embarrassing. Anyone I'm, can throw an apple. I don't I'm know. I'm the Lord of Starfall.
0: He's very sheepish. He's very sweet.
1: He's very embarrassed about a lot of things, yeah. He is He is very sweet. And Gendry's just going to be so disappointed when he finds out he's not just a lord, but he's, like, a prince. That's embarrassing, you, too, dude. You Aria.
0: and John can mope about it.
1: I know, right? Arya apologizes to Ned for being rude, calling him, oh, sorry, my lord, my bad. And he calls her, it's okay, my lady. And meanwhile, Arya thinks about how she'll have to tell John eventually about his mother. And she learned about her from Ned, Wyla, and thinks about, oh, should I, like, send him a letter? And I don't know, yeah, Ned seems like a nice, humble kid. You've been talking about, like, throughout these past few chapters with Arya, how Lyanna might have felt in the Riverlands, and I'm kind of thinking about, like, the thoughts Arya has here. She's, like, wondering, will Jon still call me little sister? I'm not so little anymore. And the things that she'd say next time she saw her family and, like... All these might have been things that Liana would have thought. Chloe's like, why is Eliana attacking me emotionally throughout this whole episode?
0: It's bullshit, dude. It is. I think about it all the time, too. I think about this like all the time, Eliana. Do I think about it? Yeah, I think about it every day of my life. Like when her big brother showed up and how she probably knew she could die now that he was here and he'd take care of her and her baby, just like he Aww. always took care of her as a brother and like that he'd protect her. And yeah, I think about it every fucking day of my life, Eliana. Thanks.
1: Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. I fucking swear to God. <laughs> <sighs> so Arya suddenly remembers that. Oh, Dane. Wait, there was an Arthur Dane, right? The Sword of the Morning <laughs> and Ned. Confirms, have you heard of that
0: guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you know him? Have you? Do you know him? And it's like, yeah, he is my uncle, and Ashara was my aunt. His father had been their
0: eldest brother. Yeah, we have a back and forth passage between Ned and Arya. I never knew her, though. She threw herself into the sea from atop the palstone stone sword before I was born. Why would she do that? said Arya, startled.
1: Ned looked weary. Maybe he was afraid that she was going to throw something at him.
0: Your lord father never spoke of her. The Lady Ashara Dane of Starfall. No, did he know her? Before Robert was king, she met your father and his brothers at Harrenhal during the year of the False Spring. Oh.
1: Arya didn't know what else to say. Why did she jump in the sea, though?
0: Her heart was broken. Sansa would have sighed and shed a tear for true love, but Arya just thought it was stupid. She couldn't say that to Ned, though. Not about his own aunt. (laughs) Right, that is kind of... Man, I rude. feel that about Arya. I'm always saying insensitive shit, man. So I get it, Arya.
1: I finally learned in my old age. It only took me 33 years to learn. Like, oh, that would be like a rude thing to say, wouldn't
0: it? Just a little uncouth, I guess, socially. Yeah. There's also this in, song. Yeah. I can't remember which chapter it's in, but Arya hears one of those like songs. It might even be in class. She hears a song about a lady throwing herself out of a tower, and I'm like, oh. But it's about Shara.
1: I am kind of thinking, though, like, is this going to be inspo for Arya later on? Mm. I know you have, like, thoughts, but, like, will that be inspo for her of, like, oh, so that's how you do it? Disappearing.
0: Oh, disappearing. Yeah, absolutely. Arya was never heard from again, but then she goes on to have whatever happy life she wants.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: writing her own story. Yes. Which I think will be a big theme for the end of the story of people writing their own tales. They become yeah. the legends.
1: Oh, just like the end of this book where Jamie's like, whatever he wrote or whatever he whatever
0: wanted. Whatever he wanted. Yep. yep. Shut up. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never read that chapter. So Arya asks if someone broke Ashara's heart and Ned hesitates before telling her his aunt Elyria said Ashara and Ned were in love at Hall. Arya argues that, well, Ned's wrong. Her mother was the only woman Ned ever loved. Gendry comments, Oh, he must have found that bastard under a cabbage leaf then, and Arya Not wants to off. throw another apple. Yeah, right. I'm like, don't fuck with her right now, Gendry. Is Arya the cabbage wants to throw leaf a... was
1: named Liana, yes.
0: <laughs> Arya wants to throw another apple at his big, dumb head. Arya defends her father's honor and tells Gendry to go back to Stony Sept and ring that girl's stupid bells. He ignores this, and he's like, at least Ned raised his bastard. I don't even know my dad, who was probably some smelly drunk.
1: (laughs) Aww. I mean, it's kind of sad because, like, yeah, that's kind of true. And also, Robert did beat his kids.
0: And his wife. Yeah. And he was probably a smelly drunk most days.
1: Bruh, isn't it wild to think that Gendry actually had a better life. I think we've talked about this before. He like literally had a better life because he was not mm-hmm. prince whatever.
0: Dang. Yeah. Absolutely. He lived a far better life doing like other work, normal, like just learning a trade. Yeah. It's a bummer.
1: Anyway, so Gendry goes, but he's dead I figure. Your father's dead too, so what does it matter who he lay with? It mattered to Arya. Though she could not have said why.
0: Oh yeah, we're going to come back to that. Illyria Dane, though. I'd like to talk about Illyria Dane.
1: Not to be confused Um, with Illyria Mopatis.
0: No, less Patis, more Dane. I'm excited to get more Illyria. You know, there's a big timeline that I made a very long time ago about the Danes trying to place their births and deaths and etc. and different things just to understand their family a little more on an intrinsic level. You know on a poster board with markers. But that said, I played around with Illyria and I thought it was interesting that like when it would have happened probably, the betrothal probably would have happened like 294-ish, somewhere in that range of time. Illyria would have been betrothed to Beric. She would have been Mm. at least 12 to 15 years old at the time. You know, it's a betrothal. It's a promise. It's not like a... Yeah. Placing her there. I'm interested if we're going to get more Illyria and see her. I'm guessing we'll meet her in Starfall through maybe Ariojota's eyes. And oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm guessing we have to see her Uh maybe Edric Dane again when we go that way to Starfall. And I'm also wondering, like, we'll probably get more Ashara Dane little blips when we go to Starfall, I'd imagine, or little, like, hints. But something interesting is I feel like it's not like, one-to-one with numbers, but, you know, George likes to do the two truths and a lie, or, like, two lies and a truth with her, where mm. he puts a story out that has a little bit of an edge of maybe a truth somewhere in it. In, you know, any of her 11 by-name mentions in the story, everything is always, like, false about her, right? Like, Cersei, was it for the the brother you slew or the child you stole from her? Like, everything is like, ooh, you're so close to the truth, but you're not quite there. So I imagine in Wow. We'll get further misdirection when we go to mm. Starfall. Yeah. But maybe closer to the truth, but further misdirection. Stuff about Ned visiting, Ashara and Ned, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested in that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I do think that Illyria and Barric's marriage is really interesting because Barric is a marcher lord, right? And the marcher lords are often at odds with Dorne, especially the stony Dornish there on that western part of Dorne always causing trouble, coming down. You think of the Vulture King, right? And all of the stuff that went on around there and just different wars happening in Dorne. So politically, it actually makes a lot of sense to tie together the Stormland Marcher Lords with Illyria, with the Danes who kind of, you know, they're they're second or third managers of Dorne. You know, they support the crown in Dorne and they do what they can. But it makes me like kind of think about that, like, oh, okay, politically that's great, that keeps, you know, war from happening, little scuffles from happening, territory problems from occurring. You have some leaders from those areas that'll band together. And then it really makes me wonder even more about the eldest Dane brother because he doesn't have a name, and we just know he's the (laughs) eldest brother. Like, this passage was so important because it did that. Like
1: Mr. Everdeen, yeah.
0: Yeah, Mr. Everdeen here. And it also makes me wonder if there was, like, a very focused attempt, like, because Edric has fairer features where Ashara Dane has dark hair, right? We're told that she has long, dark hair around her shoulders, and Edric has these fairer features. I wonder if the eldest Dane brother married, like, a fowler, or maybe even someone in the Stormlands with fairer features to help tie together Mm. that marcher lord and Dornish contract geographically. But... This match, I would say, had to have been done by the eldest Dane brother because Edric was obviously too young and not head of house at the time. And by the time the rebellion's pretty much over, it seems that, like, Lord Dane at the time, I think he ends up, you know, dying either after the war or around that. So it seems like the eldest Dane is the boss at this time.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if it's something, like, even that he did in conjunction with, like, Doran, right? Because obviously Doran... Has been making some political plays as well. So, like, that between mm-hmm. the two regions kind of thing is very interesting. Yeah. Do you think that, like, now Illyria is betrothed to Lady Stoneheart?
0: So sexy. First I think that's of all. how it works. So. Huh. Because of Ned and Brandon? Is that why you're saying this? Um, that there's always no, got to be because, a second?
1: Well, because Lady Stoneheart now has Barak's life force. So. Mm hmm. They are betrothed
0: now. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how Barrick does speak of it like, oh, yeah, we're not really betrothed technically anymore. And I'm on just like the zombie mission and I have the Lord of House Dane with me.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. He's like, I'm just dragging this kid around on all these missions. I think like Ned believes in the cause, right? But right. also, well. I think Barrick's like, all that's done for me. I'm, there's no way. He's like, I can't live a whole like life being on dead
0: yeah how do you go back to that i mean it's something to think about for john eventually right if he comes back how do you go back to life life isn't normal when you come back dead we see it with stoneheart we see it with barrick and there's even something in the way Edric was like hesitant slash afraid talking about barrick and how jane pool had a crush on him like he was like before that was before before and he trails off and he can't even speak about it because he's 12 and like i know we like talk about Arya, who's eight here but like ned is 12 and that's not that much older than eight when you think about it and like i haven't seen someone come back to life and i'm old
1: that's true i mean
0: and it would fuck me up
1: it's technically possible but it does like really fuck you up resuscitation yeah i mean that's pretty traumatic for ned You know, and he had to, like, defend that body so that, what, they could fucking bring it back to life
0: again? It makes sense why he's, like, when we come back to it later and the schism that tears through them, that he's on the other side of the schism. He was like, I'm done with that shit. I'm just a 13-year-old boy.
1: He's like, I have a job. He, He does have a job. He does have a job. Yeah. And also, like, his teacher, you know, because essentially when you're... If he's a squire, right? Barrick's like, his mentor, and his mentor's just saying, like, all this weird, sad shit at him all the time. Probably, like, fire consumes Ned. Fire consumes. He's like, and he probably tells Ned shit, like, you know, I don't even remember your aunt anymore. What does she look like? I mean, like?
0: he literally said it in the last chapter, and I was like, yeah. bro, he's right there. That's probably, like, that's so awkward. I just feel like he might even be afraid, like, poor baby boy.
1: yeah. Understandably. I mean also Barrett kinda looks scary. Yeah. It's only Arya who doesn't like think he looks as scary because she's like, I'm gonna eat the worm.
0: I was just gonna say, she's ready to go lick his eyeball. She's like, I'm <laughs> she down.
1: Is. She's like, whatever. Fucking weird kid. I love this kid. Uh well. Ned's just a soft boy who tries to apologize for upsetting Arya with all these uh with all his gossip from, like, 20 years ago. But she rides ahead and asks Engai. She's like, so men are liars, right? And he grins and he says they're famous for it. But he's like, well, then again, so do marchers. So who even knows? And he says, Ned Dane, he's a good kid, though. And Arya's like, no, he's a fucking liar. Splashes away, trying to get away from all of them. And Harbin rides up and intercepts her. he's like, whoa, 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 no more running away. And... I think, you know, speaking of people's ages, it really does show Arya's age here, though. Like, yeah, she's eight. She's not at the, like, level of mental development yet or, like, childhood development where you get to understand, like, oh, my parents are fallible and human. They have, like, whole lives that they've had. That's, like, a whole thing. That's, like, a whole part of development.
0: I have to say, I really love that we get a little shade on the marcher lord versus the dornish thing right there too right that on is like yeah of course dornish men are always lying but you know us marcher lords lie a lot too you know that was kind of funny now that i think about it i'm like oh ha 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 we can be happy good about it but it also (laughs) shows like how far we have to fucking come in westeros on this prejudice dude like Arya knows nothing about dorn nothing about them and obviously I mean, obviously, Ned was like, I'm not going to say a single thing about Dorn because I, A, don't want to bring all the trauma and talk about the babies and talk about Lyanna and talk about Jon, and also, like, don't want to bring up a Shardane and piss my wife off.
1: That's also true. But also, now that I think about it, that's kind of fucked up. Arya, you're a big-ass liar, too.
0: Yeah, Dorn- Dornish people lie, Marcher lords lie, Northerners lie. King's Landing. starting to think everyone? maybe everyone lies, dude, is what I'm Every saying. Every single
1: one here. They're all liars here. They're all better than better you. Better than That's you. Not the li- That's not the line, but it's close enough.
0: <sighs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm Thank absolutely you. with you.
1: Thank
0: you. <sighs> so Arya starts to tell Harwin what Ned said, but Ned already told him. He had talked about Ashara Dane, and Harwin says, Ah, I knew of that tale when I was no older than you myself. I doubt it's true, but even if it was, Catelyn was engaged to Ned's brother and we have a bit of a passage. <clears throat>
1: oh yes, your Harvin voice.
0: There's not like a tourney to make the blood run hot, so maybe some words were whispered in a tent of a night. Who can say? Words or kisses, maybe more. But where's the harm in that? Spring had come, or so they thought, and neither one of them was pledged.
1: She killed herself, though. Ned says she jumped from a tower into the sea.
0: So she did. But that was for grief, I'd wager. She lost a brother, the sword of the morning. He shook his head. Let it lie, my lady. They're dead, all of them. Are they? (laughs) Let it lie. And please, when we come to River Run, say naught of this to your mother.
1: Lamal Are they dead? Are they dead though? Are they dead? I mean are they dead? But also, Lamel, please don't tell your mom.
0: Please, my god, don't bring this up again.
1: Please never bring (laughs) up Ashara in front of your mother, and please, please do not tell her that you found this out from fucking Ned Dane.
0: There's just no reason to bring this bad blood to the surface right now, especially when it's already going to be Ock. Oh, man, yeah. Like, the entire village is begging you not to bring it up. Harvin's right, though. Like, no kids disclaimer. I don't have any, but... If I had kids, if we had kids, they'd be real disappointed in me. They'd be like, Mom, you gave it up all over town? Oh my God. Like, smooched a lot of homies of all genders is all I'm saying. Uh, Arya would be really disappointed with me if she was my daughter. She'd be like, My mom? My mom? She fucked how much? Uh, but neither of them were promised, right? Like, and in a meta sense, it's interesting for all the different theories around Ned, Ashara, Tower of Joy, da-da-da-da-da. Because, like, I think... In-universe and in a meta-sense, like, Ned and Ashara being a flirtation never happening again is fine. Like, that's a thing when you're a teenager. Like, not everybody ends up kissing someone as a teenager they're going to marry and be with forever. In fact, it's not often the kids these ages get to live in Westeros. They don't get to live their lives usually. So, like, you know, I don't know. A little romantic moment with someone where it was, like, a special time. I think that's fine. It can be that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know. It's it's a little fling at a fucking yeah. party at Coachella. Um, oh my
0: god, yes.
1: <laughs> but also, it's. I guess it is kind of awkward now that I think about it, because she's like, "Dang, I just found out about this one woman. I mean, I don't know if Ari knows how babies are made, but uh, I just found out about the one woman my dad banged." <laughs> And made a bastard with, allegedly. And then I found out that he broke this other woman's heart, maybe? Like, I guess that is a lot. How could he? That is a lie. Now that I think about it. So, I I can understand her being a little upset now that I think about it. I haven't really considered it. But as you said, I don't know, like, as Harbin said, this was even before they were betrothed. But it'd it'd be weird for a child.
0: And it's hard for her to, like, understand those concepts, I think, on a whole, too, on, like, the duty that when you're betrothed to marry someone for the good of your house versus, like, love, which, I mean, those are great themes in this book that are important to think about, too, is, like, duty versus actual, authentic, raw love and nature versus nurture and all those fun things. But also, like, here she's like, but she killed herself, though. And it's, like, suicide is also, a, and death is, like, different for children to grasp, especially Arya, who has a very different concept, I would say, of death than most children, but.
1: That's true. <laughs> yeah. Also, the, like, the idea that her dad could have, like, instilled that kind of pain, like, that is kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That'd be Dark. kind of jarring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, as, as you were saying something about, like, or maybe you didn't say it, but it inspired the thought of, like, I mean, she thinks that her parents had this, like, great romance, which in a way they did, right? But, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to find out, like, that maybe they weren't married for love initially, like, because they th- they see their parents as very loving to one another. Mm-hmm. So that's Is kind of... Is it all
0: lies forever?
1: Yeah. And I think Arya, like, hasn't really grasped that, like, you know, to an extent that's what it would mean to be a lady. She'd have to marry... For duty, And obviously she doesn't want that, whereas you have Sansa mm-hmm. coming to the realization, as you said, with the It's All Lies, like, pretty soon after this of, like, oh, no one's ever gonna fucking marry me for love.
0: There was never even an option for that, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: So. Well, they find the village, as promised, and shelter in a stable. Arya asks if the Lannisters killed the people here, but Angai tells her, uh, no, it was put to the torch long before. You can tell by that tree growing out there, it's like, by your grandpapa.
0: Yeah, so dramatic. By your grandpapa. Papa.
1: (laughs) This had been Lord Goodbrook's village, and Goodbrook stayed loyal to King Ares. After the trident, uh, his son ends up making peace with Robert and team, but it doesn't bring their dead back to life, and then Gendry gives Arya a very odd look.
0: This is a great bit of conflict. It's a reminder that, yes, even the familial good guys, right? The Tolis, the good guys, they do bad things right? Good people can do bad things. And sure, it's not like Hoster is out here drowning an entire house in their castle where they live, but it's almost kind of worse that he destroyed a huge village of this land that was like a large part of their wealth, and they'll never have that again. He cut them right off at the stem, like that's affecting them Mm, as much as their small folk and the people that live there. And it's all framed really well against the idea of Ned having a bastard. Right, something that Arya's mind simply can't compute. Ned being dishonorable and having a bastard and her grandfather being dishonorable and burning down part of his own kingdom to maintain control. It's too much for her to try to kind of, you know, work with next to one another. Everything's a lie. My entire childhood, everything my foundation of belief was, it's a lie. This is a big part of what's stemming her to run away at the end of the chapter.
1: I mean, like, to be fair, her brain literally has not developed to the point... To be able to hold that kind of complexity.
0: Mine barely has.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. Big sad. But as you said, right, like, and she hasn't even met this grandfather. She's like, what? What do you mean? The grandfather I've never met that I thought, like, fucking rocked? Who's now dead? Did this?
0: Yeah. He sure did, buddy.
1: I do wonder is the look that Gendry is giving her, is it like a how is she going to react to this? Because, you know, she is so young and obviously fucking struggling right now with all these news. Or is it a, dang, your family's scary?
0: Maybe a little bit of both, right?
1: Mm. mm.
0: You're not just the little Arya that we know. This is a yeah. reminder of what lords do.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: The rain is coming down outside, and Thoros cheerily declares, We need a fire for the Lord of Light. It grows warm, and Arya watches him closely, noticing him mouthing "River Run, River Run, River Run." Tom of Seven, meanwhile, whines about going back to River Run. He's never had good luck there, and he tells a story about Liza, even once sending him up the high road when he first lost his gold and horse and clothes to the men of the Moon. Walking up to the bloody gate naked with his harp, the guards made him sing the the name day boy and the king without courage before giving him entry. We have this back and forth with him and Thoros, uh, but first he goes, I haven't been back to the eerie since, and I won't sing the king without courage either, not for all the gold and casterly- Lannisters! Thoros said,
1: roaring, red and gold! He lurched to his feet and went to Lord Beric.
0: I just know George was having fun there, having a little cutoff line. You know how Uh, he is. Oh, yeah. He likes to have fun, George. The others join him, and Tom keeps glancing at Arya. Barak gestures her closer, and finally, Beric tells her what Thoros saw River Run, ringed with a sea of fire, leaping lions with crimson claws, a sea of Lannisters attacking River Run. Arya cries out, No, but Thoros says, The flames don't lie. Sometimes he can't read them, but they aren't wrong.
1: Rob will beat them. Arya got a stubborn look. He'll beat them. Like he did before.
0: Your brother may be gone. Your mother as well. I did not see them in the flames. This wedding, the old one spoke of. A wedding on the twins. She has her own way of knowing things, that one. The weirwoods whisper in her ear when she sleeps. If she says your mother is gone to the twins... Interesting that Thoros, like, understands these little metaphors from the fire and visions he's getting a little more than what we see with Melisandre, right? Or differently. He sees roaring red and gold engulfing everything.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of he just, like, doesn't make other leaps in logic, too. He's like, well, this is what I saw. This is what – this means at its basis level. He just doesn't, doesn't, like, say it probably means that, Mm -hmm. that, like, it must mean X other thing and decides, like – the gray girl on the horse is Arya. Who else could it be, right? He just says what he's seeing, and yeah, also m- much is t- different, <laughs> yeah, and there's also taking into account the other information of like, well, I mean the ghost of High Heart she's got good Intel, you know he's putting together the info he does have, so
0: yeah i uh it's interesting to see somebody else read the flames, you know, I kind of forgot that we yeah. get that.
1: Actually, now that I think about it, that's part of it, too, right? He is using intel from other areas. Melisandre usually only relies on one source, to an extent, it seems.
0: He's a better researcher, is what we're learning. Whoa. Whoa.
1: Interesting. Thoros, come on the podcast.
0: Thoros, our next (laughs) guest. So, I'm sorry, I know we said Lost Wolfling was coming on, but our next guest will be Thoros.
1: Thoros of Muir.
0: (laughs) Arya is upset. She says if they hadn't caught her, she would have made it to Riverrun in time. Beric ignores this, and he's like, would the Blackfish recognize and ransom you? She says she doesn't know what he looks like, and Tom's like, of course not, of course not. The Tully's wouldn't ransom her from us. They'll be too suspicious of us, too suspicious, because he's such a little bitch. He's like, I don't want to go to Riverrun. They were mean to me once.
1: (laughs) Okay, that was his own fault.
0: Yeah, this is always his fault. It's like a really funny backstory there. Yeah. Lem Lemoncloak is like, oh, we'll convince them, or Harwin will. And they're like, we should get the gold and get out. Tom mentions it would be dangerous for Beric, but Barric says he doesn't mean to be taken. There's this great line, a final word hung unspoken in the air, alive. They all heard it, even Arya, though it never passed his lips. Oh. He's not going to be taken alive. Well, well, well. Never is, well, well, it turns well. out. Well, well, well. <laughs> Uh, there's a great bit here of the fake Arya plot being laid, right? Would he know what you look like, perchance? It turns out a lot of people don't know what Arya looks like, whether that's because Ned doesn't take his children out of Winterfell ever, or she hasn't gone many places slash met many people, or that she'd like to play in the mud instead of go meet people at political events. I don't know, but yeah, it turns out it's really easy to fake an Arya.
1: That's a good point that she wasn't attending the political events and that's part of why like yeah, she's so obscure. She's very underground, underfoot and
0: mm-hmm.
1: Also, I guess they just like don't fucking care. They're like whatever. Yeah, that's Arya now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Could be you're any right. girl. this is great foreshadowing for the two. Um Yeah, there's a
0: lot of foreshadowing are, yeah. in this chapter, dude. A lot yeah, of foresh- like this one is ooh, it's heavy. Yeah and post-shadowing question mark
1: question mark question mark
0: (laughs) also notable like they're in war and so their first responses aren't the same as hers right so they and she's like oh my god no my family and they're like all right who's the next person who might pay for you because that's like what children are in westeros during war they're either nothing dead or worth money
1: yeah in theory Arya is worth a lot of money at oh, yeah. the very least, at the very least they're never like, let's sell her to the Lannisters. But I also think they won't they know they won't come out of that alive anyway.
0: Yeah, I think that you're right there. But you never know. Maybe the other side of the schism would get desperate enough.
1: That's true. But Harwin wouldn't let them at least.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. As long as he can.
1: So they plan to first check with Sharna and Lord Vance's Maester, and then shelter with Lady Smallwood first, but it's more than Arya can stand. She wants River Run, her mother, Rob. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna just read this line because, like, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. His words beat at her ears like the pounding of a drum, and suddenly it was more than Arya could stand. She wanted River Run, not Acorn Hall. She wanted her mother and her brother, Rob, not Lady Smallwood or some uncle she never knew. Baby girl. Mm.
0: Oh Ugh. fuck!
1: It's so sad. It is really sad. She's just a girl. She is just a girl. Just a little girl. Not like us. We're just girls. She's just like me. She's she's gone canon. But she is gone in a second. She breaks for the door, spinning away from Harwin, quick as a snake, and keeps running, thinking that all she wanted to do was go to Riverrun. And she thinks, she should have just gone alone. Gendry and Hot Pie deterred her, and they were never her pack. If they had been, they wouldn't have left her. As the storm thun, technically she left. Um, as the storm thunders around her, she hears someone call for her. But who cares? She's running. She hears a horse, whinny as she scurries past. And then she shelters around a tumble-down house. And so we end the chapter.
0: A mailed hand closed hard around her arm.
1: You're hurting me! She said, twisting in his grasp. Let go! I was going to go back! I-
0: Back! Sandor Clegane's laughter was iron scraping over stone. Bugger that, wolf girl. You're mine. He needed only one hand to yank her off her feet and drag her kicking toward his waiting horse. The cold rain lashed them both and washed away her shouts, and all that Arya could think of was the question he had asked her. Do you know what dogs do to wolves? Dun-dun-dun! Dun-dun-dun! I'm worried about the Sandor Clegane guy. Uh-oh. 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 I'm being weird. Kidnapping kids. <laughs> Kidnapping kids. I mean,
1: who's amongst us? Especially she in the Song is of kidnapped. Fire. Who is not kidnapped? At least one child in this story. Me? Oh. <laughs> in this story.
0: Mm. I gotta figure that out. I mean, even Arya's kidnapped a child. Weasel.
1: Oh, that's true. She did kidnap God. the kid.
0: I mean, the kid had nowhere to go. To be fair, but
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I won't hold that against her again. She's eight.
1: I guess Sansa hasn't technically kidnapped a child, but she did kill that kid's mother. All well, she didn't kill that kid's mother, but she was part of the plot
0: a little. I mean that, and she's poisoning the kid, and you could say she's yeah. coercing him. But you know, yeah. this is—we don't need to be assigning these crimes. This—I'm is- just saying—who hasn't
1: kidnapped Sam? Sam kidnapped a kid. Oh my god. Everyone's kidnapped a kid. John switched the kids, which is technically maybe also kidnapping.
0: Yeah, that's kidnapping for sure. Yeah. There's probably no word for what that is. Uh, maybe the learned hands could chime in. Is there a word for what John did?
1: Yeah, there's hmm. a lot of kidnapping.
0: Eliana, <laughs> can you close us out by telling us a couple of the songs on your Arya playlist you made for yeah, Girl Rock? Girls rock, rocking girls.
1: I thought we were supposed to make a playlist. I think I misunderstood the assignment. Um,
0: No, I just happened to have one, unfortunately, is the problem. But Eliana made one. Yeah, it's it's great.
1: It's more vibes. It's more of like vibes of like girls rock. Um, Because there are other songs that could fit Arya's vibe, of course. But I was told girls rock anthems as opposed to sad hours and...
0: So tell us some of the tracks, Aliana, that fit with Girls Rock. No, I need the people to hear this one.
1: All right, so the first song on the playlist is Saoko by Rosalia. Then it's followed by Shinigami Eyes by Grimes, which I thought made a lot of sense here. And then it goes to, so the title of this song, some of you probably heard it, is If God Didn't Want Us to Snort Worms, He Wouldn't Have Made Them Cylindrical! With an exclamation point. And that is instrumental, but that title is literally Arya. She's trying to she's trying to snort and eat worms. And we have all my girls like to fight by Hope Tala, Bog by Be Your Own Pet, Standing in the Way of Control by Gossip because I don't know I just felt like a vibe for it. Black Eye by Ali X. Haunted by Laura Les and then it ends with Immaterial oh, good by Sophie.
0: Oh, also a good one. Those last two um are ones that I really like. In fact, I think I have Haunted on Mine.
1: Oh, did you?
0: I think yeah, so. It's on check. my playlist. I'll have to look. Yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, it's on it one of sense. my playlists. It might be on my Lady Stoneheart playlist. Who knows? But
1: mm, it makes sense there too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But
1: I was like, why can I see? Choices. aria Girls Rock oh,
0: killing yeah, people I too. Could, Haunted, you know, her like riding her bike to haunted, just like Lexi in Euphoria.
1: Oh, I also forgot I didn't put this on the playlist, but another good one would be when Arya is doing like her like practicing, right? Remember she was like calming herself down and practicing like sword fighting with like a stick or something. I mm-hmm. you could do the new wave song that happens when Mulan decides she's going to steal the co steal her dad's like conscription letter. I love that new wave
0: jam a good one it's yeah. a jam
1: so that's those it. are some
0: good choices i love them I i'm hope sorry that, i
1: was um, me it's letter, better right? late
0: than never yeah doc, no doc i think that you did so good i'm giving you extra credit
1: thank you wow amaze You're you were done on time and you i mean you were done you foresaw it you've prophecy in my fires yeah i saw it in the fire years ago. <laughs> in
0: 2017 i knew wow. alex was going to send us an email Asking us for our Arya Stark music choices. So here we are. Wild. I don't think, I'm trying to think, I don't have a playlist for our next POV. And that's all I'm going to say. I don't have one. I should get one going, but I don't have it yet.
1: Oh, interesting. You mm-hmm. could make a playlist for that. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: hmm.
0: Well, thank you for listening to Arya 8 in A Storm of Swords with us. We have had a blast talking about all of the good stuff like Westerosi history. Jenny of Old Stones, Ashara Dane, Elyria Dane, my god, dane of such a blast. Uh, Eliana, where can everyone go online to chit-chat with us at?
1: So you can find us on twitter.com slash Canon. that's C-A-N-O-N, and I guess theoretically you can find us on Blue Sky as well at Girls Gone Canon. Uh, <laughs> and you can send us an email or tweet of note especially in the email at girlsgonecanon at com. We didn't read any aloud this week because we've mixed up our recording schedule a little remixing it.
0: Yeah, it has been a remix. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we have the most wonderful patrons in all of the world. They are excellent. They support everything we do. We're so lucky to have them and they sponsor everything that we do. They are why you do not have ads or commercials in this episode. So, without further ado, here are our patrons to tell you about our Patreon at patreon.com slash canon, and uh, a little bit of where you can find us.
1: You can catch Girls Gone Canon on
0: any of the following streamers. On Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Audible, and Amazon Podcasts.
1: You can also join us on Patreon where if you join the Thunder Tier or above,
0: you have access to a Discord and monthly happy hours and things like that. And by joining the Discord, you get access to a bunch of great channels, including but not limited to memes and shitposting channel, Fashion Hour. There are multiple channels for historic materials, A Song of Ice and Fire. There's a Pets channel, which I think is probably the most important channel of all. Respectful Thirsting, because there's a channel for that. Come by, join the community. It's a lot of fun, and you won't regret it. Well, as always, I have been one of your hosts, Ashara Dane. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm just kidding, it's Chloe. Oh my god. You guys were so fooled. (laughs) I saw it on your dumb faces.
1: (laughs) And we're like, oh my god, it's her. It's Ashara Dane. (laughs) I found her. (laughs) And I have been another one of your hosts, Helen Reed. Oh my
0: god, we're they're together. married. They yeah. were roommates. They were roommates. <sighs> uh. All right, Thanks, everyone. guys. Goodbye. We'll be back. Goodbye.
1: Probably. Hashara's <laughs> canon. Should I have said I was Gianna? Ellie Gianna. oh my god waluigi hats waluigi hats are in this year i don't know if you saw they're in they're in fashion no it's canon for the year yo you should wear it you should wear it um yeah it's from prada oh it's oh we're we're done recording we stopped